Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined this week with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. And Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. Alright guys, so I know we've been missing for a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we got hit pretty hard. We're in that northeastern uh, area with the coronavirus. I know uh, we've been dealing with some different things. Uh, I'm still super busy at work and the baby. I know, Jonathan, you've been dealing with a lot. So uh, we took some time off, but we're back to talk about X-Wing. And there's also kind of been a lull in X-Wing uh, with everyone self-quarantining. We're pretty hard. You know, all the shops around us are closed. Nothing is open. Um, so we haven't gotten much X-Wing in recently. Uh, so we're going to start and like we're just going to talk about that for a minute. Like, uh, you know, this has really kind of impacted the game. It's kind of really impacted almost every hobby, miniature hobby, and almost everything out there. Like, uh, to the point that, like, everything's on a freeze. And, like, I'm, I'm a little worried about the game itself because I, I think when this is all said and done, it, we might have, like, a like not a lot of people returning. And, like, th- like I said, this isn't just, you know, X-Wing, I, I think. I think FFG could possibly like okay they they might as soon as the ban is lifted and everything like that they could just be like, bam we're dropping this and we're getting everything out. But otherwise like like I said I mean like I think people are kind of like, um, I don't know like they're just missing out on X Wing and I think it could hurt the game. But I mean at the same time you know, the Gold Squadron and Minox are doing the Jang Tank and have about four hundred people signed up right right. Yeah, I think it's right around 400 right now. Right. So, I mean, like, maybe, like I, like I said, people might be missing out on X-Bang, um, but I, I think at the same time, uh, it really kind of, like, loses that luster when you're not playing there in person. And um, I hope to see everyone, you know, back again. Like, obviously, everyone needs to play safe and do the social distancing, and that obviously means not playing X-Wing in person. But um, at the same time, like it, it definitely doesn't help the game that we're in this kind of state right now. I mean, I, I totally agree with you that, you know, it's it's kind of worrisome for what's going to happen moving forward. Um, I know I'm in a lot of X-Wing chats, like I'm sure everyone is. And, you know, at the beginning, we're all talking, we're all going on about X-Wing still. And, and as time has gone by, the conversations have just sort of slowed down and kind of drifted off of X-Wing to a certain extent. And it's, you know, it's worrisome. I mean, at this point, everyone is trying to come up with something to occupy their time with. You know, I know a lot of people started playing video games who may not have played for a while or uh, are just getting into other types of games that maybe are are more accessible from a a distance. Uh, With that being said, though, I mean, the online communities are are exploding. Um, Right before we started recording, I went and checked on uh, Tabletop Simulator, and there were 37 games of X-Wing going on. Um, and Vassal, you know, generally has more games than that. So people are still playing. We're, we're trying to find ways, you know, with, with electronics. But like you said, you you kind of really lose a lot of, of you know, the, the fun and the social aspect when you're just playing online. I know you and I have played a couple of games, Andrew. It's It's been fun, but it's nowhere near as fun when we're across the table from each other. Yeah, I can throw punches and, like, actually hit someone and not my computer screen so um when my dice blank out but yeah absolutely like i i think like that is like that is like part of the fun of the game like we we constantly talk about like what we enjoy most about x-wing and, and always there's always that uh, talk about community and um you really kind of lose that like and like you really did hit on the nose with uh, like a lot of these x-wing chats and like the facebook groups they're just like 
people just the, the conversations aren't there i think people are starting to lose interest and, and i know like it, it might hurt the community in the end um like i said i i know ffg has put a um restriction they're not re- uh, releasing anything until at least the end of april they said um probably at least may at this point so uh, I would hope that like as soon as this ban is lifted, they do release this new content and they uh, don't have like any issues getting it over here. I know we were talking a little bit earlier that there is probably still some bans on incoming goods and uh, like just lack of services to get it over here. So, uh, I mean, obviously uh, safety is, you know, the most important thing for everyone. Uh, it is very dangerous out there and I hope nobody is taking it lightly. So... Uh, I, I would like to then segue this into our not next topic, but I think what we're um, we were supposed to have a store championship come April 11th next Saturday at Top Deck Games. Unfortunately, you know that's not going to happen because of everything. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be hosting a tabletop simulator tournament um, on the same day at 11 p or 11 a.m. I'm sorry. Uh, on Tabletop Simulator, it's going to be open registration to anyone that wants to play. It's not just going to be locals or anything like that. I will link everything in our show notes and everything like that. Uh, we're going to have set up a Discord for it. We're going to set up a Tabletop TO for it and then go from there. And then um, if you are new to the like Tabletop Simulator scene or you want to get in, like into it, definitely you can shoot us a message. Um, you can register into the Discord and maybe ask some people to help you out maybe learn the game before the tournament starts i would obviously hope that you know this isn't your first time playing on tabletop simulator that you at least know how to spawn dials and spawn squads and stuff like that but at the same time it's going to be a very very relaxed tournament um if you know there's mistakes made like oh i meant to barrel roll the other way um that's okay like like it's going to be like something along those lines like i don't there's going to be no like no you barrel rolled that way and you have to do it that way so um we're we're going to keep it very like relaxed and uh, you know have it as you know fun as possible um it's going to be an extent extended tournament it's going to be free of charge and i am currently working on some prize support for it that i could send out to you guys because the mail service is still working um yeah yeah how do you uh, just a logistical question how do you judge how do you call a judge or what does the judge do um so you can that's that's gonna be the important part of this uh discord is um so that when we do pairings we'll have like you know different chat rooms and different uh you know voice channels that you can talk to your opponent and everything like that and then um whoever sets up the game they should have it set to at least three to four players and a password so if you ever need to call a judge or something like that um you can ping me on the discord and you can um you know tell me what room you're what's the name of your room and then i can you know tell me the password to your room and i can jump in and we can figure it out from there and then i can like figure that out so that's how we were gonna um but like i said it's also gonna be a casual like i I would assume that a lot of you know if you have any kind of like controversial calls roll the dice if it's you know 50 you know one if it's hits the one person gets it if it's blank sellers or if there's like i said more controversial calls just type it in the chat ping me on discord let me into the room and we can figure it out from there 
Um, and stuff like our checks are, are basically automated. So exactly. Like there, uh, there shouldn't be a ton of work for you, Andrew. Exactly. Like you can zoom in like to like the very hair that you can see if something's in arc or out of arc. Um, so, it, and like, I, we wanted to, we were debating between Vassal and TTS and like, I enjoy Vassal. Vassal, um, is a very, very good tool, but I feel like TTS just nails the tournament scene. Like, I mean, like Vassal, you can get all these stats and you can get all these different, like, um, like data from it and all this stuff. But I, I feel like in the true tournament feel like TTS nails it on the head that that is, uh, it almost feels like you're playing a game of X-Wing, uh, just, you know, obviously with a mouse and keyboard or, you know, I know TTS has a virtual reality mod that you can use if you, if you really want to get into it. Um, set up your mat on your kitchen room table and play X-Wing with your Vive headset. So, like I said, if you are interested in that, we will definitely have everything posted in our show notes uh, that you can register on TabletopTO and Discord. The only thing that I ask is that you make your TabletopTO and your Discord name the same so we can actively try to find people and um you know like i said we're gonna do an 11 o'clock check-in and anyone that is there um we'll be playing like i said it's free of charge and i want to get the spirit of x-wing going that like you know it's still gonna be strong and that if this is going so so long then maybe we'll make this like a maybe like a bi-weekly thing or you know once a month thing until uh this all blows over and finally ends and we can get back to this table and hopefully like you know too many not too many more big events are canceled like uh hopefully origins is safe and uh let's say like hope oh god forbid gen con gets canceled um so oh yeah so going back to your first topic i was gonna say i mean if i think there is this possibility when things relax a bit that you know, in-person play may come like roaring back with like all that pent up demand. You know, I could certainly imagine like if you think of sports or live entertainment or going out or like clubs or concerts or all that suppressed demand, it is possible that in a month, in a couple of months, in three, four, five, six, however many months that when we can stop social distancing or scale it back, that people will come back in force. So it's um, hopeful for that and then in terms of releases i was thinking do you remember in first edition there was a time when there was that west coast like dock worker strike and it delayed it was like people attributed it to delaying one of the waves back in first edition i think like the impact to global supply chain is just so gigantic you just like even if ffg wants to release something it may not be in their control because like if like a company like I don't know like Apple or Samsung it can't find parts to like make their phones, then FFG is definitely at the bottom of that totem pole of like getting space on a cargo container onto a ship sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I definitely think that we could see a a, a surge because I, I will say a lot of these uh like Facebook groups and everything like that you are seeing a lot of new players that are probably like, okay, you know, I finally can crack this game open and have the time to play it. Um, so maybe we will see a resurgence of new players and people coming back out uh, for this. So definitely, that is my hope. Like, I actually hope that happens. But in the meantime, uh, like I said, I hope that with this tournament coming up that um, maybe 
the regional season or the prime championships isn't delayed uh, past, you know, uh, the, the season that I was supposed to be in and that we can use this time to, uh, you know, test out some lists and get some practice in. Um, so let's jump into things that we've been playing. Brett, I know you. we, we played a game in the day. I've I played a couple games with other people, but, like, is there any list that you've kind of been playing that, like, this is our list-building topic. What have you been flying? Uh, so I have been predictably flying a bunch of Jedi. Um, yeah, I know. My most recent list has just been uh, four CLT Jedi, um, otherwise naked, uh, and it's been Ahsoka, Plo, Obi-Wan, and Luminara, um, and it's been, uh, it's a very fun list that I think could do well in hyperspace, and will probably just get completely curb-stomped in any type of extended event. Okay. But it's still <laughs> fun to play. So you're still playing hyperspace? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I really haven't gotten to play too much X-Wing at all, sure. um, so I, I haven't had time to really uh, spend really any amount of list building time on extended. Um, I, I did not know that this tournament on the 11th was going to be extended. So uh, now, now I have some reason to start looking at it, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I had just been flying the things that I knew. Cool. Um, so I've been flying, there's a, two different things. Uh, you know, anyone who listens to the show knows that I fly a ton of scum, uh, but I, I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of like branch out and, fly things that I'm not used to or like just change up the mix. So like the first thing I've been trying to do is, uh, you know, Nuscum, uh, separatist swarms. I really want to like understand the like feeling behind it and like why they are so good. So like I, I had to put them on the table and it, it's not easy. It's definitely hard to do. And I, I think uh, after you get the hang of it, you start to understand um, the synergies behind it. And so, like, that's the first thing I've been flying, and uh, it, like I said, it's definitely hard, because I like to knock my ships all over the place, and I don't have pads under all those eight different vultures, uh, you know, so it's something I'm definitely going to get a hang of, and something that I know probably will be a mess on Tabletop Simulator, but uh, I definitely want to try that out, and I'll get really deep into that, because it's something that, like, it performs well whenever you see it at tournaments. Like, only maybe, like, a very, very small percentage of people will bring Separatists, but, like, it probably has the highest conversion rate, and I want to find out why. So that's, like, the first thing that I'm kind of, like, taking a look at. And the second thing that I'm having a ton of fun with is Dash Rendar. Um, with Bistan Gunner and Perceptive Copilot, Brett thinks I should somehow find room for maul in there instead of perceptive co-pilot but i think he's just flat out wrong um, probably so but i've been having a lot of fun with it you know like i said i have expert handling on him so he can basically never be in that range one band if he is moving last he can always barrel roll out of it jake's in there to always make sure that he is getting that double focus from the perceptive co-pilot and then the third ship is kind of up in the air. I dabbled around with Miranda just for shits and giggles for Dash Miranda. Um, I have been trying Aaron Kraken, which actually kind of worked out, I mean, pretty decent last night because it, it's cheap enough that I can get a bid. And he also kind of gives opportunities that uh, he might like 
be able to get Dash that double focus. He might be able to get Jake to do that barrel roll that he needs to do um, to get Dash that focus. Like, he, he has these options. And like I said, he's cheap enough that I can get a bid that, like, almost like 10 points with this it's list. It's almost like you saw my list, you saw what my bid was, and then you put Aaron Kraken in to outbid yeah, it. That's not what happened at all. Um, so, no, I was going to put Nora, but then I was I, I wanted to try Aaron out first. So we'll, we'll try that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it definitely worked. It definitely had a little bit of punch and uh, I mean, Aaron's shooting at I five, so he can shoot and then possibly give dash that focus if he needs, or even dash to give that barrel he needs to, oh man. Um, oh, I guess Aaron always would treat it as red if you have expert handling. Um, but he, it, it was definitely interesting. And, and like, I know people are thinking, oh, you know, a two ship list, but like, being able to double tap with Bistan and uh, get it, you know, with, with two four dice attacks, it it's really a damage race, and and it's interesting because like if, if you don't have to worry about the field at all, I mean like obviously you're bringing debris or gas clouds, probably debris with dash, um, you really can do some crazy things with this that other other like lists can't do so i mean i know i've been rolling hot with him i understand i recognize that with uh what i've been doing and I, I just need that one game to completely someone blow up dash on that first you know pass and i can see it and give up the list but i think at the same time it's it's i understand why he was good in first edition and he's not that crazy that he's you know in second edition I, like i said as soon as you put expert handling it's only four points you're never going to be on range one, and it, it feels good. I mean, like like I said, I know there's going to be, like, Fen's probably going to bully him, and it, there's going to be certain things like Anakin will probably bully him and, and all these other things, but I, I, at the same time, he's kind of like a tank, that a point tank that can uh, definitely dish out damage and survive until the end game. Yeah, I mean, I think the the key with Dash is that he just needs to shoot twice in a turn, right? And and Bistan is is right now the only way to really make that happen. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought I thought your list was really good. I mean, it gave you two different ways to to sort of coordinate something to to Dash. And um, I mean, I I don't know if if it's going to win worlds, but uh, I mean, I thought it was a really respectable list. And considering it was the first time you even put Aaron Kraken on the board, like <laughs> I, I I thought it. It was certainly worth experimenting with. It, it was. It's definitely yeah. It's something that I'm going to definitely experiment more with. But like, I mean, it's essentially a one ship list. Um, it's with just these two little orbiters that are flying around Dash to give him all the support he needs. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it's definitely something fun. You should probably like try to branch out and check out these different lists. And like, uh, like I said, I've had. I wouldn't say like you know world success with it, but I think at the same time uh, I don't think he's the worst ship in the game. I see why he's you know ninety some ninety one points. Um, so Jonathan, have you gotten any X wing in or uh, when's the last time you flew? I think the last time I played X wing was on um, Tuesday, March ninth. Yeah. But you're too busy saving lives being a doctor. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's March tenth. Yeah, so that was the last time I played X-Wing. I have not played anything online. Uh, I have not. I feel like I've been pretty busy the last few weeks. That's fair. Um, 
so yeah, that, that's just what we've kind of been flying. Uh, we finally have some news coming out of FFG, though. We have we the Adepticon stream that was in replace of the um, what is it called the like their flight in flight report. Yeah, or something. exactly. We had that happen um, on stream. They basically gave us a little bit of spoilers, not too much. Uh, so we still have some things, you know, that we're completely in the dark about. But uh, they they really kind of showed what the new ships are going to be like. Um, so why don't we start right off with the let? Brett, do you want to give your impressions on this first? I could not be more excited uh, about this ship, seeing what its uh, ship ability is. Um, so it's a medium base ship. Uh, it's got a a bow tie, two die turret, um, two shields. Eight hull, one agility, so you know, decently tanky. Um, and it's got a uh, just as a chip ability, a, a two recurring charge. And it says, let me zoom in here to make sure I can read it right. That while a friendly ship performs a non turret attack, if the defender is in your turret arc, which is the bow tie, you may spend one charge. If you do, the attacker rerolls up to two attack dice. Um, so generally. With Jedi, if you're flying CLT Jedis, you're, you you have to basically focus every turn, um, right? Those green dice, you just need them too much, so you're not getting anything to to help on your your blank offensive dice. Um, this is going to be an absolute game changer for CLT Jedis. I think all of a sudden now they are going to hit as hard as any uh, as any three die ship in the game can actually hit. Um, so I think that this is. And this is a ship ability that's on all of them, right? It's not a pilot ability. So all of the options out there are going to give you this this type of, uh, you know, increased firepower. Um, and so it's going to be great on them. It's going to be uh, great on 7B Jedi even because now they're not going to have to be wasting their force as much on offense because now they can take a focus and save their force for defense or, uh, you know, maybe be able to get an evade if they need to. It's just going to really increase the survivability of Jedi. Um, so I'm extremely excited about that. Yeah, that was going to be my first question was like, do you think that they're going to be spending different actions now? Like, are they going to be doing that purple evade a lot more because they, you know, a lot of times you just saw them take the target lock as opposed to uh, focus or the evade. Do, do you think that's going to be the option now that you take the purple evade? Yeah, I think the purple evade becomes much more prevalent on your, your three force uh, users, right? So, so Mace, uh, Obi, and Anakin, I think, will be taking a lot more purple evades. Um, I think it's still probably going to be focuses for the two force uh, users, um, just because they they are really going to need to have more more mods, I think, than they would get just with an evade and one force. Um, but either way, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more either focuses or evades being taken, and uh, even with the seven Bs, who at least when I flew them, I would target lock probably the, the, the vast majority of the time. Yeah. And I guess there's other ships in the, the faction too, even though I don't use them. Um, and uh, all of them also get the exact same benefit from uh, from this ability, right? So it, I'm thinking mostly how is it going to help the, the Jedi, but it's going to help, uh, you know, the Torrents, the Naboos, uh, and the Arcs just as much. The Y-Wings, um, because a lot of times they're doing turret attacks, this will not be helping them, so... Uh, it's not as useful for you know something like broadside. In fact, it's completely not useful. But uh, um, so know, there's still a lot of other options. 
Here's a thought, though. So it says a non-turret attack, but they can take ordnance. I would be interested in seeing instinctive aim and on like Anakin in it at that point. So, so I've flown a lot of Y-wing Anakin, right? I've I've just tried so hard to make it work, um, and he can still take instinctive aim, and he still has. Uh, sufficient mods, really, even without having this. So, yeah, this would would be nice there, but I would not use this as a way to try and make Y-wing Anakin work. Sure. Um, he he just he just needs to not cost as much as seven B Anakin, and then maybe he'll work. Sure. Yeah. Um. I, I definitely think that these things are. I mean, obviously, they're going to be more expensive than the arcs because you know they have the extra hull and they have a turret and the you know the fire convergence ability is going to be just their normal ability on every single one of their ships so the generics of these things are going to be like nuts like i feel like the generics are going to be almost an auto include in a lot of jedi lists um unless they're crazy dropping a jedi for this no questions asked yeah so i mean like the base arc is 42 points i could see this uh generic being at least 50 points just because the like I said, the ability on itself, like we didn't even see what any of the pilot abilities are, that basically could make these things even stronger. So, I, I mean, definitely, definitely going to boost that faction up. Very good. Um, so I think you're probably right that it's going to cost more than the arc, just because I think the ability is worth it. But remember, the arc does have a three die primary out the front, sure, right, which is a, a huge upgrade over over just the two die bow tie um so i don't know if i think it's going to be as high as 50 but um i I think the arc is i guess a reasonable comp it's just really they're paying for this ability which almost is a little unfortunate um i was talking to chris about this and you know this ability just could get so strong that it prices what is otherwise a really cool ship right because there's also going to be a lot of crew that this thing carries and you know that's going to be really fun to to see what's out there um, and it could just price this entire platform out of viability because this ship ability is too strong. Um, so speaking of crew, we have our first crew and gunner that is coming with it, the Ghost Company, that after you perform a primary attack, if you are focused, you may perform a turret attack against a, a ship that you have not attacked this round as a bonus attack, and it's a turret it gives you the turret rotate into a linked red focus. Um, so literally, this is basically just Bistan Gunner that we were talking about earlier, but just coming out of a uh, two dice attack as opposed to a four dice attack. Um, I, I definitely think it's interesting that it's a crew and a gunner, so we have that going for it. Um, although, uh, you know, I like this ability. I don't know if... It would be worth it. I mean, maybe it would be worth it because if you're spending all these points going for the ship to come on, that it would be um, worth it to bring this just to try to get double taps out of it. All right, but so with that being said, right, it's it's one thing to pay 14 points for Biston to get a second four die shot with die or with dash, right? Right. Here we're talking about a second two die shot, and you're using a gunner slot and a crew slot. We don't know what it's going to cost yet, but it, it certainly shouldn't be 14 points like Bistan, right? Like right. maybe it's half that. I don't know, but I mean, you're giving up a lot of of opportunity cost there to get a pretty 
weak attack because you you're also probably only going to have the the one mod for your second attack that focus um i i don't know i i saw this card and i was immediately pretty disappointed by it right so i mean you're saying that but i i think at the same time um would you take like one of these as opposed to maybe two torrents you know it's almost i mean granted you're not getting the same firepower i you you you're not getting the same firepower um, because you might only have one mod. It might have another crew slot that we, you might be able to take, you know, a Jedi crew or something like that to try to get more. I mean, but then you're probably racking up a lot of points into this ship. Um, yeah, look, I, we don't I'm know not, all the crew yet, right? But I'm just, I'm looking at this and I'm like, just give me the, the cheapest generic and I want to put that on the list and load it up with Jedi. I think that is is the way to go without sure. seeing everything else that's in it. Sure. Okay. Um, I mean, I, again. No, I mean, I think uh, like in, if this were a Rebel crew card, I mean, it could find a good spot on like a Falcon with like a perceptive co-pilot as uh, in the other crew slot or in, or on Dash. But in Republic with the, I'd agree with Brett, like in Republic with the lat as the only carrier, it's not as useful on the lat as it is on a three or four die attack ship. Does the Ark have Rebels a have. crew slot? It does, yeah. Gunner. It has a crew too, right? Okay, yeah, it so does. And it, so does C-3PO. In, but I'm it sorry, does, R2-D2 in the Y. But the Ark doesn't have a uh, turret attack. It is a fixed uh, rear architect, but you could put it on R two D two. Yeah, I guess. Huh. But I don't. That doesn't feel good. But you. Could no, put it on no, R2 it doesn't D2. feel good at all. And then you have to pay for a turret on top of it. Well, if it's it, if it's cheap enough to compare to veteran turret gunner, I guess you could put it in on R two D two. And then you actually have to rotate your turret every time and take a red focus, because <laughs> you have to be focused to use it. Yeah, well, I mean... It's, uh, it's yeah, R2-D2 can't focus, so he has to rotate, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Don't put it on R2-D2. That's my hot take. Just no. don't do it. I mean, like, that... I'm, like, literally looking at this, and, like, now I want to put it on R2-D2. Oh, but he doesn't have the astromech slot to put R4 astromech on there. Okay, I lied. Don't put it on R2-D2. Um, yeah, so that that's definitely interesting. Um, I... You guys are probably right that it's not worth it, but... Yeah. I mean, I think it's an interesting example of a card. It would be better in a different faction than it is in the faction that it's in. Right. It's like I had said before, I think K2SO is a really good crew card, but he would be better in Empire than he is in Rebel. Right. Yeah, and this is the kind of kind of a card that in a year on, like, Wave 9 or something, they release a ship, and all of a sudden it breaks the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, uh, and especially because if right now, like they could probably points this pretty low, and then that's, I guess, the good thing about the way that the state of the game is that, like, in a year, if it does break the game, that they could just increase the points where they didn't have that option before. Yeah, definitely. As an aside, I've been watching Star. I've never watched Star Wars Rebel uh, Clone Wars, and I'm watching it with my eight year old, and it's a really great show. And there's so many ships, and I was like, "What's that ship? What's that <laughs> ship? I don't know what they are." And I'm so kind many... of in the same boat. And after you get past, past the first season, right, then it becomes really fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're in the second season right now. We had to skip one episode that he thought was too scary. And I did not see like three episodes that he watched with one of his friends. So I have to go back and watch those. All right. So anything else that we want to talk about with the lat? 
Do you think I was just seeing like Plo Koon has been spoiled, at least according to Infinite Arenas, and then would he be a good choice on the lat so he could reinforce so people don't want to shoot the lat and then your two Jedi can run around? I mean, it's definitely an option. I mean, even if you... Because it has the red reinforce. um, Do we know what the dial looks like for this? Yeah, it's got... uh, They're just the one straight and the two straight blues. But I, I think... I feel like Plo Koon might cost a lot of points. It's, I think it's a Y-Wing dial with a red stop. Right. Otherwise, identical to the Republic Y-Wing dial, except you had a red stop. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Plo Koon's ability, and it's not that great, because you have to be at range zero of a friendly... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I think what I was saying earlier was that, like, I don't know if you want to load up points into these things... And any Jedi is going to be, like, at least eight points, if not more. Um, Especially one that gives you a, a purple right. reinforce like that. I mean, and that reinforce is going to be really good, right? We know exactly how, how good reinforce can be, um, especially on a ship that still has a green die. Um, right. Like, so I, I think that that could be really good. And his ability is is decent. Um, you know, you don't really care too much about the depleter strain tokens at this point. Um, but the ability to repair a face-up damage card um, can have some significant value because one thing that basically always ends a game for Jedi is structural damage, which you cannot repair, or sometimes damage engine, damage engine which yeah. you cannot repair. Right. So this is a way to potentially be able to repair those without having to spend the points on R5 Astromex, uh, which have the two abilities. One is, is you can just repair any ship card, um, and also you can repair the, the face-down cards. Um, so R5 still has a lot of value, even if you're not getting those crits, but, um, you know, this, that could be a, an interesting second use of this is to sort of protect those Jedi from the, the two game ending crits. Right. Yeah. That, that's definitely interesting, especially cause you have to be reinforced to perform this ability. But, um, if you're, he's on the line, he, they could just do the reinforce, the red reinforce and still have that force to, uh, use for any kind of mods. Um, it's also kind of interesting because it's like it almost feels like a pit stop that your Jedi might be coming in to repair a card, as, as opposed to it gives you a little bit of a different feel for the game. Uh, I wonder if people could potentially use that against you. They'd be like, "Oh no, he's gonna have to come in for that uh, pit stop." Now, one super bad part about this card is its name is Plo Koon. Um So sure. there goes one of your 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 really cheap. I five Jedi is is now not available. Right. Okay. Uh, do we want to talk about the HMP gunship? Yes. Okay. So, I, I I'm excited for this. I, I know a lot of people are kind of like a little bit weary. We haven't seen too much. Uh, the one thing that I, I like about this, it first has a 180 arc, which is interesting. We've seen the crazy maneuvers that the, like they have the blue turns and the you know red banks, and so we don't know too much about. They said that this thing is going to move in such a way that we don't know yet, but it's different from the other ways, uh, the other like droids, like the vulture droids. Obviously, like they turn for their blues. Um, I'm interested to see what all the cards read for this. We also know that it has a tactical relay slot so it could be a way to um 
ditch seer or ditch you know some of these other things it gives you more options at this point so you now have an, another tactical relay carrier um but first let's talk about the here let me pull up the card uh so the networked aim they don't have the uh shared calculate ability they have basically it's similar but it's with target locks now so it says you cannot spend your locks to re-roll attack dice while you perform an attack, you may re-roll a number of attack dice up to the number of friendly locks of the on the defender. So it's, you know, it's very offensive. Like you know, you're you're not going to be able to share your calculates for the defense anymore um, for this ship. So I mean, it's probably going to have a big target on its back uh, for that purpose. But I, I think at the same time. Um, it's a ship that could possibly, you know, dish dish things out um, ahead of time. And I know we were talking about that Nantex that uh, Berber crit. The people were talking about that that after you, you can people can lock onto the ship and then possibly use Berber to get the calculates. Uh, this would probably fall into that same boat that you're now going to have a bunch of locks and everyone's going to have a bunch of calculates onto this um, onto your target. So. It's going to be interesting to see how these things really pan out. Um, let's go into Kalani. After an enemy ship executes a maneuver, if it's in the bullseye of a friendly ship at range 0 to 3, you may spend one charge. If you do, that friendly ship acquires a lock on that ship, then gains a stress token. So this is another way that you could potentially proc that networked aim. Um, the interesting thing about this, though, is it comes with three charges and it gains three charges each turn, which is a new mechanic basically to the game. Um, they basically hinted that there is going to be future things that have this mechanic. Um, but they said they'll, they will they will probably never have more than three. Yeah, probably never more charges. than three. Essentially, it's supposed to be basically infinite. It's just, if it actually was infinite, it could be a little abusive at times. Right. And if you have, like, seven vultures in this thing on the board, uh, I could definitely see how you kind of have to pick and choose, um, you know, which are getting locks and which aren't getting locks. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, question about... All right, so if a... So say a friend, enemy ship lands in three of your bullseye arcs, do you get... Do all three of those ships get target locks and you spend three charges or is it limited to just once per opportunity and just one of the ships gets a target lock uh, that's a good question um i would think that it would be three different i feel like rules as intended it would be three different scenarios but i think at the same time it's all procking off the same card so i could understand where that argument would come from Oh, man, I don't want to rule Zort Lawyer this Yeah, I, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I'm just um, asking. Th uh, that'll definitely have to be something that gets facts. But I, I think... I, I definitely see what you're saying there. I, I mean, there might be a clear answer. I'm just wondering what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's something that we'll have to keep an eye out for. But uh, well, it, it, I would say it's definitely strong, though, just the way it is. Um, especially because you're seeing that these... I think the hyenas definitely would benefit more from the vultures than with that. Um, what do you, what do you think about the ship, Jonathan? The HMP gunship? Yeah. No, I think it looks good. I, I mean, I like it the way it looks. I like, um, just having alternate, um, 
options for a tactical relay droid carrier. Um, I think that like at eight health, it may dissuade people from shooting at it because it's just tankier than like a Belbalab, perhaps. Um, so I think it, it, it looks like a good addition to the separatist arsenal. So, so just one thing about yeah. Kalani. Um, so two important things to talk about is first that um, it's a friendly ship acquires a lock. So it doesn't perform a lock action. So it can do it when stressed and it can do it even if it's not on its action bar. So this is a way now for the Nantexes to potentially get target locks. Um, and now you have Sunfac rolling five dice on a tractor chip with a target lock and a focus potentially. Um, so that could be uh, really huge. Um, and again, since it's acquire and then gain a stress token, it's something you can already do when you are stressed. So if you were a vulture that you know did your your awesome linked action, um, it's you, you can just still get the the target lock if you want to, and you're willing to take that second stress. Um, so anytime you have something just giving you an acquire a lock or acquire a, a token, that's that's always pretty huge to to think about with the the other possibilities. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be something to play with with the separatists. I mean. Uh, I know most lists basically just come with a bunch of vulture droids, but I, I think this might open it up a little bit um, and just see where it goes. I know there's a lot of cool like upgrade cards that we haven't seen yet in this pack, so I'm really excited to see them all get spoiled now. I mean, it looks like there's like a new cannon in there that uh, we could see, so it'll be um, Do you think there's any... Any value right now to Kalani adding a calculate action? Like I'm just trying to, to go through the ships that, that could take um take this and I'm trying to figure out would they want a calculate, right? So I mean the Sith infiltrator they don't have calculate. Right. They could get it, but I, I don't see necessarily what the the point is there, I guess unless you're pairing it with something like uh Burwer who needs you to have a calculate on your action bar. Um so I guess the only real thing that you could do is maybe like, let's say you're not getting shot, you know, you're not getting shot. You could maybe like take the calculate action and you, one of your vultures or hyenas could use it. But you'd have to have network game. I don't know. I don't think you do. I'm sorry, network calculate. No, just they do. They can spend a calculate from a friendly ship. They don't have to have network calculations. So network calculations reads while you defend or perform an attack, you can spend a calculate token from a friendly ship. Um, I always read that as saying that also has network calculations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can definitely um, use different ships calculations if you have it. So um, there's that. Um, All right, so there's there's some value potentially. Yeah, now I'm looking at this cannon. I want to see what this cannon is. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I I'm I'm excited to see the rest of this pack. Like I definitely think it's going to be a really cool addition. Um, it's still a bunch of droids, and I really want to see some non-droid users come out in this faction. But at the same time, um, it's definitely what they're known for. Yeah, and and it's pretty tanky too. I mean it. Uh, it can survive four and a half, three dice shots, um, even though it doesn't have network calculate. So, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty tanky as far as uh, ships go. Right. Uh, Especially so if it's really cheap, like you would think it would be because it's a separatist. Right. Yeah, like I said, I'd be a little bit scared that it could. I mean, granted, it is eight health, but I feel like it still could just, you know, 
get two torpedoed off the board and then your SOL. But I don't know. Uh, I, I think it is tanky at the same time. But I, I without that network network calculations ability, I'm a little bit worried that it's not going to last more than a turn or two. Um, so let's move into the Z shuttle then. I know a lot of people are excited about this one and we've all been first order players this entire time, but it's a medium base that is coming for the first order. That is a different shuttle. It's probably going to be cheaper than the Upsilon and it definitely is going to be a decent crew carrier. I I think the first order have a lot of really cool kind of, uh, crew carrier or crew cards and they may have gotten like a little bit priced out because they had to go in the Upsilon and the Upsilons were a million dollars to put on the board. And this is probably going to be that like middle ground that you can bring different things and really kind of feel field out the entire first order faction that you need to without that giant bat wing on the table. Um, so let's start with Gideon. Gideon is making a return while you basically kind of like the same exact ability as his uh, TIE fighter car. So it says, while you are a friendly small ship at range zero to two, performs a primary attack against a damaged defender. If that attacker rolled two or fewer dice, it may gain one strain token to roll one additional attack dice. So I kind of think that's interesting the way they changed it, that it says uh, after... Or I'm sorry. Um, so it's after you, the, you roll the dice. So you can roll two attack dice and then decide to roll an additional one. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a definitely interesting aspect. You can I, let's say you only roll, you know, two hits, and you're like, okay, well, I need that third hit to kill the ship. Uh, you can then choose to do it then, or if like you see like the option of being you know, okay, it's got three agility and I only rolled one hit. I'm not going to, you know, give that ship a strain. Uh, I definitely like that a lot. I, I think that's going to be a, a pretty decent uh, shuttle for the faction. Yeah, I think it's it's really good. Um, I mean, Gideon's ability could really help out um, your, like, low-level or low-initiative FO swarms, um, right? Because, yeah, they're going to get a strain token to roll that extra die, but... At I one, they're probably not getting shot at for the rest of the turn, and their dial is you know, scepter dial all blue. Um, so I think Gideon is is really interesting. The timing, like you pointed out, is is kind of neat because you know if you just totally blank out, you know you don't even really necessarily want to want to make that uh, you know telegraph blue maneuver the next turn, so you could just pass up on it. Um, it helps out Gideon himself to get him up to three dice. Um, the the main problem I always found with Gideon in a tie was that his initiative was high enough that there wasn't always going to be a damaged defender um, when he was shooting. And here, if he's helping, you know, the low guys, then there's a better chance someone's actually going to be damaged. Um, so yeah, I mean, the like you also said, the the first order has really good crew. It's just they came with a 58 point upsilon tax, um, which was you know four dice is is good, right? So it was. It was a good ship if you could get, you know, three or four shots off with it. Um, but, you know, this could potentially be half the price. Um, and, you know, it still has a really good action bar, right? I mean, White Jam is really good. Red Coordinate, still pretty good. 
Um, depending on what the other pilots are, I I would be really excited as a first order player. Right, and, and you could do something like bring uh, the guy that died. What's his name? <laughs> I know they all died. Uh, Kylo, not Kylo. Hux. You yeah no. You could throw Hux on this thing and really kind of like just bring like a fo swarm or an sf swarm and you can coordinate them um i, I mean granted you don't maybe not you know you don't need to bring it necessarily on gideon but maybe on like a low level thing coordinate like three ships and then you know you're still taking it as a red act uh red coordinate anyway but <clears throat> Uh, you can then double mod a bunch of your FOs or SFs, um, and then they can clear it when they move. So it's I'm excited for this ship overall as a crew carrier, just to try out different things without having to pay that upsilon tax. Yeah, um, I mean, Hux, would, Hux has always seemed like he, he could be really good. Um, now, the problem with him is for this ship, you also need to bring uh, a tactical officer um, to get the, the white reinforced to then turn it back to red. So it gets kind of a little handholdy there, but wait, what? Because uh, Hux is when you perform a white oh, coordinate action. Okay. You're... Yeah. So um, you know, if uh, if tactical officer was two points like it was initially, then that's you know not a big deal. If it stays at six points, then uh, then that probably gets a little too expensive for his trick. But there's just so many cool crew options out there that. You know, some some great combo is gonna is gonna rise up to the top here for sure. Right. I mean, even Kylo crew, like I'm, <laughs> I, I would like to see that. Like, I mean, that's a lot of points. Um, and and it's got the same problem that Plo Koon crew had, which is that its name is Kylo. Sure. Yeah. So... I if Kylo, the fact that you have to spend a as your action and the force to show them the dark side sucks. Um, yeah, that's interesting though about what you said about a Hux though that because it, it requires a white or red coordinate, but it says while well, you perform a white coordinate action. Um, yeah, so it, definitely this thing's probably going to be packed to the brim with crew cards, making the faction even more interesting. The different combos that you're going to be able to field out. Um, but the one thing they did spoil for us are Agent Terex. Uh, so. On the cyborg side, it says during the system phase, roll one attack die on a hit or crit result, gain a calculate token, otherwise gain a jam token. And then you can, uh, as your action, transfer one calculate token or one jam token to a ship at range zero to three. Um, and then on his other side, it's or this is the side that he's supposed to be um, set up. On, uh, you put three calculate tokens on the card. At the start of the engagement phase, you may choose a friendly ship at range zero to three to remove one calculate uh, from the card, and have that ship with again a matching token. Then, if there are no calculates, then you flip it to the card that we just said. Um, so this is going to be interesting. I know a lot of people were talking about this card with Tavson and just dishing out jams and biohexacrypt codes, but it's got very chopper feels, and we saw what chopper did. Um, on Jedi, so it'll be interesting to see Jam coming into play a lot more. Um, in the fact, zero to three Jam is really good. Um, I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, having to spend an action for it, not quite as good, but uh, like, like Chopper, right? The nice thing about him is basically a free Jam action every turn. Um, where here you're actually having to spend your action, but I mean, it it definitely. 
is kind of cool. I mean, it's a little uh, RNG dependent because you might just get calculates every turn. Um, and I'm pretty sure most people are not going to be happy with a calculate uh, when Agent Terex is doing his thing. But it's still very powerful. I, I It's the kind of thing that could see Force users get even stronger because they have passive mods to, to help back them up. Right. Exactly with the RNG, like I imagine just getting like three calculates in a row when you need to just jam a lock off or something like that. Um, but otherwise, I definitely think it, it could be fun to, you know, bring this as just a, a crew card that has the option to jam um, when needed. And like I said, uh, we, people were talking about throwing Oma Tabson and then Tabson being able to jam, get a jam token, and then, you know, throwing the, you know, jam wherever he needs um and so. honestly the front of this card is is really good um i mean everyone's been talking about the jam right but having three turns where you can pass out a calculate at the engagement phase so with perfect knowledge uh to someone who needs it i mean that's you know basically giving them a force for that turn so that's really strong in itself yeah um i mean the the one thing to also remember is it means you can't get to the cyborg phase until at least turn four um because you, you have to use up all those three calculate tokens. So if you're saving them, I mean, it's it's possible you might not get to the cyborg phase at all, or or if you do, it, it could just be right at the end. Um, but, you know, depending on the points, just having those three calculate options out there uh, could be worth it on its own. Right. And it'll be interesting to see the ship, like, especially if it comes into hyperspace right off the bat, uh, because, like, they did take the Upsilon out and kind of killed that entire you know, option of bringing a crew onto the, like the hyperspace field. So this comes into hyperspace. I'm excited to see like a lot of those, you know, different things come back into the game um, in that aspect of it. Uh, other than that, like I said, uh, so, I mean, it's only a two dice primary, two agility, but, you know, five hull, two shields, which is pretty tanky, especially behind two dice. Um, I think this is going to be another good one. Like, uh, I'm definitely excited for the ship. Uh, I've been dabbling with first order as well, and it's definitely something that I'm picking up and I think is definitely going to see a lot of playing time when it does come out. Um, any final thoughts on this stuff before we start to close out any final thoughts on the Z shuttle? Nope. All right. Um, other than that, you know, I, I, this is one we usually like tell all of our events coming up, but like it seems like everything's canceled. Uh, I know there was an update uh, back a little bit ago about the campaign against cancer. I know they said they were waiting until they're probably a, a little bit closer to decide what they're doing about it. So hopefully everything's blown over by that point, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, I, other than that, I don't think there's any more news talking about it. Again, the, I do get. Yeah. I was gonna say um, the um, N one, the N one oh. auction uh, sale. Right. So that is to go on sale Friday, I believe, at noon Eastern. Um, I know they had some problems last time about it. They had some server issues, or people overloaded it and couldn't get it. So they are putting them on sale this Friday, I believe, at noon Eastern time. Um, it might be 11 central. Um, I'll put a link to that in our uh, show notes as well. 
Um, so again, I encourage everyone to try the TTS tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I'll be there all day to help anyone that you know needs any kind of help with setting up or anything like that. And TOing, Brett, I believe, will be playing. Um, I'm registered. I'm the only one right now. <laughs> right but. now, but you know, we haven't really advertised it at all. So, um, like I said, if you are new to TTS and you don't, you know, know how to play or anything like that, like definitely drop us a line and we can, you know, get you a game in or two and you know, get you acclimated again. Like I said, it's super casual. I encourage everyone to at least give it a go. Um, and TTS is really intuitive. Like it might seem daunting at first, but honestly, five minutes into your first game, you know what you're doing. Like it, it is very easy to pick up and play. Right. Like all the actions are right there on like the dial. Like it's everything like it's super, super simple. And you know, I really want to thank everyone that has worked on that mod. Like it's, come so like so far since you know the first the games first uh come out so and the fact that we can actually do this now so but like i said if you're a fan of the show and you know you want to come play with uh, us and get some games on tts like saturday is definitely the time or next saturday i should say is two saturdays actually two saturdays yeah the 11th right okay um yeah two saturdays um it's definitely going to be a good time. And like I said, you know, I'm working on some prize support to mail out to people that, you know, I haven't really structured it out yet, but we'll figure that out probably next week. Um, any shout outs from you guys? Any final things that you guys want to talk about? All right. Uh, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening. If you are a fan of the show, check us out on Patreon, check us out on Facebook. And once again, Thanks for listening and have a great night.